welcome everyone to the Canadian Perspective. Uh, this is a special episode, and third time is the charm, apparently. We've uh, attempted to record this two times before, and something bad always happens. So we're going to be talking about yeah. the current issue with Israel and Palestine, and the situation that's going on there. So, yeah, that's what this episode's going to be all about. And now 200... You sound so excited. Oh, I know. As you know, we're the best at covering political stuff. As you know, we're both six foot eight, 37 inch vertical leap, running down the dark corridor, talking about this situation. And what were we doing? Why are we running down a dark corridor? <laughs> listen, <laughs> the violence, listen. the speed and the momentum. It's insane. 227 Palestinians are dead. 67 of those are kids, uh, which is an extremely disgusting number oh it's fucking fucking brutal man and i also gotta point out that, brutal. that the idf the, the israeli defense force will refer to them as the idf for this whole podcast they released this fun little infographic where they pointed out that 200 uh, hamas terrorists had been killed that's what they said which would include like what 18 quote-unquote terrorist children yep all and those the, kids committing all those terrorism uh crimes you know yeah you know how it is pretty disgusting no those kids are uh, human shields and that's why they have to blow them up right right so of course you would take a human shield knowing that they're going to shoot you and the human shield that's what you would do right yeah that's how 100%. human shields work right as you watch a lot of call of duty games when when somebody takes a human shield you shoot through them you shoot the person they're holding in front of them and the person behind them that's what you gotta do bro Right? I've seen that in the movie. Or at least that's what Israel thinks they have to do. That's what Israel thinks they have to do. Themselves from rocks. They're like, oh my god, you had a human shield. We had to kill both of you. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Even though they're not even a human shield, they just killed them. They just live there. And Hamas runs the government. And then they get shot in the head. And they're like, oh, that was a three-year-old. Extra points, I guess. (laughs) Or the bomb falls and kills like a mass amount of people in a street corner. And then they're just like, well, shouldn't have been on. Shouldn't have been there. Shouldn't have been on Hamas's street. You know, Hamas uh, runs the street lights there. You know that? Run the street lights? Yeah. They run everything there. You bro. fucking terrorist. Listen, you call them a terrorist organization. I do. They're literally the government of Gaza. They, That's right. They uh, provide the health care. They do uh, all the social programs there. They're look, trying to look after the people of Gaza, too. Not just a terrorist organization. Well, they have some allies with some other uh, terrorist organizations within the area however that's not all they are not just out there trying to kill people that aren't jihadists all right we also got to do the brief outline before we start getting into the story that we did last time yeah so basically israel is a location is it's a little country that's above egypt and the connection between um africa and the middle east it at one point was a place called Palestine, but then in 1948, the United Nations created a Jewish state in Palestine that basically uprooted three-fourths of the population of Arabs there. And so Palestinians, who are mostly Islamic, um, are at odds right now with the Israelis, who are mostly Jewish, and they've been separated into two areas, the West Bank and Gaza. Um, The West Bank, of course, on the west side of Israel. That's also, I just want to point out Gaza, that little tiny region. It's like two by 25 miles by five miles wide or something. 
So there aren't any Israeli forces there. And the government there right now is Hamas, a terrorist organization that was funded by Israel in the 1990s to, to destabilize the nonviolent PLO, the Palestinian Liberation Movement. And so basically Israel helped formate them. Uh, so that way they can use them as the devil, as the enemy. And so basically there are some, some provo- provocations done by the Israelis recently that we'll talk about that led to them firing missiles, their tiny little bottle rockets, at Israel. And then Israel turned around and just started, uh, um, I don't know what else, absolutely bodying Palestinian children. Absolutely thousand body it was like a thousand um rockets were fired into gaza it was over two thousand strikes yeah it was over two thousand strikes it's insane just leveling buildings leveling um hospitals leveling refugee camps leveling schools everything they don't give a fuck they're just bombing everything hamas (laughs) was shooting rockets into israel as well um Based off the, they warned Israel not to fucking evict a whole bunch of people in the West Bank. And Israel was like, half fuck you. Did it anyway. So uh, Hamas is trying to defend uh, the Palestinians. Shooting a bunch of rockets into Israel. A couple of them land. I think it was like 20 people died. Including Uh, one kid. Which I'm going to say, children on any side that die uh, during like a, a war or whatever. If if you're an innocent person, you're not a soldier, especially if you're a child, you do not deserve to fucking die. To you want to talk about the issue that we have right here? Yeah, well, we should probably get right into what happened on uh, May 6th. I'm going to get right really? into you. On May 6th, protests broke out over okay, an anticipated how about, decision. How about we try to be less boring? Okay, my dude, let's liven it up. So. On May 6th, in Palestine, I mean, in Israel, same thing. They're the same place. Um, What happened was, there was a protest that broke out over the anticipation of a Supreme Court decision on evictions of six families from a very important neighborhood by the name of Sheikh Jarrah. So Sheikh Jarrah is a neighborhood in East Jerusalem that uh, technically was supposed to be a part under the 1990 or 1995 Oslo Accords, was supposed to be a part of Palestinian land. And also, Sheikh Jarrah was the neighborhood that some families were moved into after they were ethnically cleansed from their housing in in, in other areas of Israel. So it's a very important neighborhood, this whole story of removal of Palestinians from their land by the Israelites. So, well, originally, that it was all supposed to be like, they were evicted from their houses around Palestine, pushed to this neighborhood. This is where the Palestinians would go when they were evicted. Well, and not all of them. Not all of them, from though. there. But, you know. Not all of them, but this was one of those neighborhoods, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So now they're getting evicted. Now they're getting evicted from the place that they were um, supposed to go after they got evicted. So they really have nowhere to go. Where the fuck do they go? They can't even get to Gaza because they got, like, that all locked up there's no communication back and forth there so well no they just have to leave they just have to leave they have to leave israel that's what they want them to do where do they go they want them to leave and go somewhere else where though 
Where do they go? Canada. What's the solution? Canada, man. That's the solution. Can they even get there? Um, I don't know. I think if you if you're an Arab Israeli, like these people are who live in Sheikh Jarrah, then yes, you can leave the country freely. And I'm sure Israel would like that very much if you left and didn't come back. So I think they can leave. But no one should be able, should be forced to leave their house. Well, no one should be forced to leave their country. They've been right. living there for generations upon generations upon generations. Now you're just like, yeah, get the fuck out of your house. We're going to take it from you now. Fucked up. It is fucked up, and I can't believe you support it. Was it fucked Derek. up when the fucking uh, when Canada did it to the, uh, to the indigenous population here too. And it was also fucked up when they did it to the Acadians in New Brunswick and all those areas and forced them to. And force those French people out. And then what was it? Yeah, and they went to Louisiana and started eating frog legs and making fucking duck calls and shit. And fucking choking out gators and stuff. <laughs> Honestly, not too bad of an outcome. But I have to say, what was it, 11,000? I mean, lots of them died on the way. 11,000 Acadians or Acadians were forced out from that area. And a third of them died from drowning and like starvation and shit. That was absolutely horrible. Like, they didn't really teach us in school how bad it was. I don't think they really allowed us to grasp no, how horrible. Not really. They didn't say how many people died. They just they said just that said they were pushed out. They said it was kind of out. a dick move that they kicked them out. Yeah. That's, that's all I said was like, kind oh, of a dick man, move. They just kind of said, leave, and then they dip. It's like, that's, that's not how it happened. Really <laughs> they probably went into their homes and, like, pushed them out with guns. Onto you know? a boat, and then they just happened upon Louisiana. Well, they also landed in other areas, apparently, but, yeah, that's... That's terrible. Yeah, I mean, but that's like the, what everybody says is Louisiana. Well, yeah, I mean, that's where most of their culture still survives. French down there, right? Right. Yeah. Get like the frog legs and shit. And actually, some of them ended up in Palestine, which brings us back to the current issue. So, um, <laughs> is, that so true? is that true? Yes. We should um, just get back to Israel and Palestine. I'm just telling you, it's true. They did. So these protests over this eviction, these families, you know, escalated into some confrontations there. I would say the police usually, because I think um, protesting for Palestinians is considered illegal in Israel. So the police just have open, uh, completely open legally to escalate all protests against Arabs and Palestinians. They're the same Fantastic, thing, but you know. you know, as police do. As police do. And so... The following day, after this, there's a very important compound known as the Al-Aqsa Mosque. It's up on top of the Temple Mount, so the, basically one of the most important holy sites in, in Islam and in Judaism and in Christianity. And it was stormed by Israeli police, you know, shooting tear gas at people and rubber bullets and uh, throwing stun grenades into like this very old sacred mosque. On the last night of Ramadan, which is one of the most important nights of the whole Ramadan situation. So basically, it's like, yeah, at, it, like it, it's as important like, as Christmas. Yeah, it's, it's like the police coming into like a, one of the, one, your church. The police coming into your church, shooting you with rubber bullets and tear gas or nothing just because it's Christmas. Well, the, of and course, anytime. You while you're singing songs with your family and shit. Anytime, right. like that's pretty fucked up. And it was interesting to point out is that the Israelis didn't give any reasoning initially as to why they did that. They after the fact, they just simply said that there was um, 
I don't even, there's Palestinians acting rambunctious in the general area. You know, like they like to throw stones at the, at the cars. No, that's bullshit. Therefore, that's we bullshit, get to, though. we get to destroy. So something else to point out is that there's definitely a connection here between the temple movement, which is a Zionist supported movement by, you know, some extremist uh, conservative Zionists, which is that they want to demolish the Al-Aqsa Mosque and put up a synagogue. That's something that's, according to the religion, that's in order to bring upon the end times, they need to have that mosque there. And so they want to demolish the Al-Aqsa Mosque. So I'm sure that probably had some factor in it too. Of course, this is just assumptions being made well, here, course. but their connection is there, you know? I'm just yeah. saying. Well, basically, this whole, this whole thing, the whole Israeli thing happening here is fueled by Zionism. And right. Zionism is basically just uh, the belief that Israel uh, has the holy, or the Jewish people have the holy right to um, occupy the religious areas in the area. So like Jerusalem and Bethlehem and stuff like that. I have the, uh, the actual definition, or the legitimate definition pulled up in front of me. Not that yours wasn't sufficient enough. Well, that's basically what it is. You can, you can give me the Google definition if you want. I got the Wikipedia definition, my dog, but I can give you the Goog one if you want. I mean, that's what I read. I'm gonna... Okay. Yeah, a movement for the reestablishment and the development and protection of a Jewish nation in what is now Israel. It was established as a political organization in 1897. And whatever. So yeah, it's for the whole nation, a Jewish ethno state, which I want to point out. Anytime Basically. you have, yeah, which, anytime, uh, you, anytime you have a nation, the idea is very. Or um, yeah, I just wanted to give a really. Anytime you have yeah, a nation for. that's based upon ethnicity, you know, its citizenship is based upon ethnicity. That's called an ethno state, and that's what uh, white supremacists want. They want an eth- a white ethno state with no blacks or you know, anybody else who's a minority in it. Um, black nationalists want a ethno state that's only for black people. And by and large, like we are, um, I think it's, in our opinion, we don't like ethno states. We're against them because you can't just have a nation based upon race. Yeah. It's just like, that's just a racist uh, philosophy to begin with, that you can solve your problems by having a nation based upon uh, race and ethnicity only. Now, of course, for the Jews, you could say, well, the Jews got beat up for quite a long time. They were scapegoated for a long-ass time, kicked out of the places they were living in, much like the Mennonites and the Anabaptists. Um, so I can understand that. But by creating a holy land, or sorry, not a holy land, sorry, for creating a Jewish nation, you have to kick out the people who were living there. And there was quite a lot of people living there. Uh, in Palestine mm-hmm. at the time. So you're uprooting all these other people and you're trying to create a Jewish state in an area that's not Jewish. No, it was pri- uh, primarily Muslim, which is like, I mean, or Arab. you shouldn't have like, or Arab, which yeah. I don't, well, there might have been some racism in the past there. Um, there I mean, there is now, of course, because Israel is such a, such a fucking, well, it's basically an American base. And the countries around them don't like America because America just fucking bombs the shit out of them. Excuse me. All the fucking time. So it makes sense that they don't like Israel that much. Also, Israel's committing genocide against uh, Palestinians. 
other countries are not uh aren't they uh they're not accepting refugees right because uh, that would okay so that would the, um the countries the arab countries around israel so like egypt jordan and lebanon yeah. the, the refugees from 1948 and from the 1967 wars which i guess we'll have to talk about later or we'll, i guess we're just talking about it now um well we talked about it later as well we're re-recording the first half so I don't think we talked a little bit. I don't know if we talked about those. No, we did. We well, did talk we, about those. We did talk about those later. Yeah. Yeah. So those refugees from those two wars um, ended up who ended up in refugee camps in like those areas. They weren't given citizenship status by those yeah, yeah. Arab nations because that would legitimize no. the existence of Israel. Exactly. So right. you're basically stuck between a rock and a hard place. You're not allowed to return, which is a major issue. And that in the past negotiations, the Palestinian Authority have wanted to get is the right to return for the refugees who haven't been able to do that. And you also can't get citizenship in the country you're in currently. So you're basically bound. These people have been born into refugee camps now. Like they've been in right. refugee camps since the 60s. So there's generations of people. Right. Them and their ancestors. Because yeah. their ancestors were involved in the war and then got fucked over. Yeah, it's, 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 it's horrible, and Israel is trying to create more of these refugee types uh, with this whole evictions going on. So, yeah, so after this whole storming of this mosque, this occurred the night before uh, Jerusalem night, which is a r- super right-wing nationalistic holiday in Israel over the uh, reconquering, quote-unquote, of Jerusalem. And so there's usually, like, some crystal-knocked, uh, type of activities that I guess if you call them activities, basically just like groups of uh, right-wing Israelis that go into uh, these neighborhoods in the West Bank and just break businesses and stuff, um, which is pretty horrible. So all of these yeah. events occurred. This is why tensions were so high, we're saying. So after this whole storming of the mosque, apparently 300 people were injured, mostly Palestinian. And the courts were, you know how we were saying they were anticipating the result from these courts? They decided to postpone those things for 30 days. So after this happened, Hamas, which is the government of Gaza, the Gaza Strip, not the uh, quote-unquote government of the West Bank. We'll, we'll talk about how that's two separate things, but basically Hamas delivered an ultimatum to Israel saying that they have to remove their police and military personnel from both the, uh, from both the Al-Aqsa Mosque. They have to stop storming the Al-Aqsa Mosque, stop evicting people from Sheikh Jarrah, and also there's another mosque site, the Haram al-Sharif Mosque site, which I think is the site around Al-Aqsa. And they said, you guys got to get out of there by 10th May at 6 p.m., and if they fail to do so, they said they would be launching... Uh, joint strikes from the Gaza Strip between themselves and the Palestinian Jihad movement. So they gave Israel plenty of time and plenty of um, uh, notification that this was going to happen. So when Netanyahu goes on TV and says there was, uh, there was no, um, what was it? Warning or whatever. There was no warning of this situation. That's uh, completely untrue, actually. Um, and so on 10th May, Israel after Israel completely ignored their ultimatum, the two Palestinian military militant groups fired more than 150 rockets into Israel from the Gaza Strip. They hit 
you know, multiple residences and a school. Most of the rockets didn't land, though, because of the Israeli's Iron Dome, which is a um, projectile interception system. So anytime there's a missile or artillery shell headed into Israel, this system called the Iron Dome calculates the trajectory of the projectile and launches a counter missile that intercepts it and blows the projectile up in midair, not resulting in it striking the ground. So well, yeah, ultimately, it just means that um, basically you they, don't they blow up incoming missiles. That's that's yeah. the Iron Dome. They don't yeah. let missiles in. And it was uh, largely funded by United States funds. And I'm going to say, like, that's a good thing that they have something that stops civilians from getting hit by missiles and dying. That's a good thing, but it's important to understand that, you know, when missiles, you know, these tiny uh, bathtub rockets are fired into Israel, you know, that, that they can kill somebody and do some damage, uh, that they're intercepted. But when the missiles are fired into Gaza, there is no interception system. All of those are landing. No, so all of them hit. So there's right. like only a couple of the Hamas rockets that uh, did hit. And they're blind. They don't really have a trajectory. They're made at in like someone's garage, and then uh, shot off in a, in the general direction off of a mobile unit. So it's it's mm -hmm. not very accurate. They're just throwing shit at them to be like, "Hey, please stop fucking us over." And then Israel's just like, "Okay, you just attacked us, so we're just going to destroy you." Right. Absolute right? blood. And then bath. so there's like how how many rockets did Hamas fire? Ross fired, well, after that incident, it was 150 initially, and then after uh, another incident later where they leveled a specific tower, they fired 137 in response to that one, too. So, mm -hmm. I don't have the full number here, but I would assume if it's 150 plus um, 137, you got about 287 from Hamas. So, Hamas shot 287. Yeah, 287. Compared to 2,000. Yeah, so we'll, we'll get into that. So after Hamas fired those, and, and Palestinian Jihad, they fired those missiles, Israel then immediately began to launch airstrikes against Gaza, and by May 16th, 950 of those had demolished completely or partially 18 buildings, including, including four high-rise towers, the closest thing they have to skyscrapers, 40 schools, four hospitals, and they also struck the Al-Shasti refugee camp, a camp that was treating children who were suffering from PTSD of previous rocket strikes that occurred in 2014, Operation Protective Edge. So <laughs> they're, you know, they're attacking civilian infrastructure that's used to, to help people. And like, how do you attack a school? You know? Yeah. And so That's that was insane just insane to me. Right. And that was just May 16th. By the end of this, this whole conflict, they eventually re um, reached a ceasefire. Uh, there was over 2,000 Israeli airstrikes into Gaza. Like I was saying, it's a 25 mile by 5 mile wide, a tiny strip of land that has 2 million people shoved into it, all Palestinian. And something that they use to. Um, the excuse they use for committing these strikes is that Hamas was in the area or some sort of story like that. Now, like we were saying, Hamas is technically the government of Gaza. They run whatever electricity, the two hours of electricity they're allowed. 
to have by the Israelis. Mm-hmm. They run that. They run the um, the traffic lights. They run the system. So any when you say somebody, oh, Hamas was in the building or one of these things, um, they could just be doing standard municipal stuff, right? Yeah, they could be a nurse is considered uh, Hamas. Yeah, technically they could because be because they're paid by Hamas because they're paid by the government, right? So the nurses are technically Hamas. The school teachers are technically Hamas. So they could right. use that to justify anything. Anything. So it's pretty sick. Uh, and they also say that they're firing, that Hamas is firing missiles from residential areas. Well, two things to that. A, the Gaza Strip is all one big residential area. Okay? So if they're going to fire a rocket, it's going to be fired from <laughs> within Gaza. Right? So, mm-hmm. you know. And then also... You know, the, the idea that they're shooting it from like in between like residential buildings and, and from schools and hospitals, that's been refuted, A, by inquiries into those situations by uh, non-government organizations. And also, B, if like we said, they're mobile firing platforms, right? You can go into an area, shoot and then leave, right? So when you attack those areas, it's not like they're still in the area. It's like a sniper who shoots from one window. Everybody sees the muzzle flash and then expecting them to still remain in that window. It's like, no, they're going to move to a different one, right? Mm -hmm. So that's not, they're just using this to, um, you know, to continue to to bombard these people for any sort of resistance that's, um, that they put up against basically uh, their ethnic cleansing. So, like we were saying, the total number of Palestinians dead is 220, um, 226, right? Yeah, Yeah. 226. And 67 children, which is unbelievable. I think it was up to 69 the last I saw. Oh, really? Yeah. We have a number down here that I think is a few days, a few days old. old Because we've done this for, um, right, like like we were saying, this this three times already. Yeah. Right. So, by the way, uh, Derek, check your audio right now and and see the the level on it. Is there any weird shit going on? No, it's pretty good. You think it looks pretty good? Yep, it's all good. All right, if your audio is clipping, it's totally fine. It doesn't matter. Yep. All right, good. And so, uh, and about seventy five thousand from our old numbers are homeless now. People are homeless, which is horrible. Absolutely horrible. And we also should have the number of Israelis that died too. We should put that up by comparison. What's that? No, we should have the number of Israelis that die out, like the actual number. I, it's somewhere like 20. It's like 20. Yeah, it's actually, it's extremely low because, like we are saying, the Iron Dome. Okay, so I have the, them right here. So as a result of this whole violence, 256 Palestinians, including 66 children, were killed. And in Israel, 13 people were killed, including two children. So anybody dying is horrible. But it's fair to say that one side... This is the proportion Israel is using a disproportionate amount of violence in response to Palestinians. And Palestine, or Hamas, was literally responding to actions undertaken by Israel that Palestinians have no way to strike back against anyways. So they're sticking up for them. And so, you know, but that doesn't mean that, you know, two kids should die on the Israeli side. That also doesn't mean that 66 children should die on the Palestinian side, you know? Yeah, so you don't respond to uh, killing someone's kid by bombing a school, right? Right. That's not how. That's not how you respond to an issue like that. 
you respond proportionately, but that's to a military target, right? Right. That's how war is supposed to work. You don't attack civilians. You don't attack innocent people. You don't go into cities and just start bombing people's homes. That's not how it's supposed to work. If you're going to do the bombing, do it ethically, do it to um, military, like a military area or a military strike that you need to do, whatever. Just don't fucking kill innocent people because they don't have any, like anything in the game. Right. And um, they're targeting, you know, lots of, you know, massive buildings they know are full of people. On May 11th, there was that 13 story Hanadi Tower, which was collapsed after being hit by uh, an Israeli airstrike. Um, and so the reasoning from the IDF was that the building contained offices used by Hamas, right? Uh, mm-hmm. Of course, that's always the, that's always their excuse. Um, and Hamas and, and PJ pajamas they responded with uh 137 rockets fired at tel aviv so um and then uh, what was it on 13th may hamas here here's something also to note on 13th may hamas made a proposal for a ceasefire stating that it was prepared to halt attacks on a quote mutual basis hamas considered a terrorist organization right they're like yo Mm -hmm. let's have a ceasefire and then netanyahu Right, Benjamin Netanyahu for actually I don't know if we ever said this, but Benjamin Netanyahu was the um president of Israel or was the president of Israel. We'll talk about what happened with him, but he's been the president of Israel for a long time, okay? I think since 2009. And mm-hmm. he's a right member of the right-wing Likud party. And so, you know, he Netanyahu, Netanyahu informed his cabinet that uh yeah, Israel had rejected the overture. There was no negotiation in the cabin he's just like yeah obviously we said no to having a ceasefire and not um and not devastating that region so yeah, even consider it he's just kind of saw it he's like ha, nice yeah no okay we're not done Funny yet with you joke he's like we're not done yet with you no he didn't give a fuck he's just like i unleash the kraken and, and just started bombing relentlessly killing thousands of people right he decided that you know we're not done raising gaza to the ground right yeah so after that on may 15th going through the sequence of events here the idf targeted the al jala building in gaza this is a was a massive story i mean all of this was a huge story but this was a massive story because the al jala building housed al jazeera and the associated press which are two very well-known journalist groups and they also saw had a, bu- a bunch of others. I remember Russia Today was also in that building. Um, mm-hmm. They also had some apartment complexes in that building too. And this building was hit by four missiles uh, approximately an hour after Israeli forces called the building's owner and said, yo, we're about to attack your building. So, you know, that's just something that Israel does to say that we're the good guys is that they give like some... Um, some warning beforehand like something hey, they man, like to get the fuck out of your home we're going bomb the shit out of you and not give a fuck afterwards they usually only do this for big big structures though yeah ones that people care about like a uh, media right. <laughs> building right? right yeah so basically yeah they, they fucking destroyed that building for, full of journalists and actually something important to note is that there's a journalist named abby martin who has an absolutely fantastic documentary about this whole situation 
that uh, she just released for free. It's called uh, Gaza Fights for Freedom, I think, is its name. Yeah, that's right. <clears throat> and she mentions, because she was on a podcast that we heard, that when she was working for Russia Today during the 2014 Operation Protective Edge, which is basically a very similar situation to what's going on uh, here in May, uh, she mentions how you know they knew that Russia Today was in the building, and they started to shell with artillery. They started to shell the area surrounding the building and the building itself. And one of her colleagues at Russia Today, you know, he had his leg blown off by this shelling, and they, um, her boss at the time at RT, he called israel like the the yeah just called israel no called the uh, idf for response and they said uh, two reasons one well everybody is a target in gaza which is a ridiculous insane and uh, that that their response was that and two you guys had chosen a side they said about russia today you guys had chosen a side because yeah. they were being critical so. of the israeli uh treatment towards gaza and you know, the whole situation of ethnic cleansing, you guys had chosen a side. Therefore, um, we shelled you. It's justified. It's justified to attack a media building. Right, right. Which, is, which is against international law. It's a war crime to uh, target journalists. And it's, you know, they just, Israel likes to commit these things and they get away with it. Nobody yeah, stops like, them. Well, mostly because of the American, or America, uh, not the Americans, America, uh, comes in and defends them and then says if you mm -hmm. criticize israel you're anti-semitic and then people are like oh well i don't want to be anti-semitic because the nazis were anti-semitic i'm not a Nazi. i'm going to be pro-israel on this issue right and right. that's a hundred percent the wrong uh way to go right you can't just uh, the whole weaponization of what is anti-semitism is pretty disgusting especially when you look at the Holocaust itself. Like, mm -hmm. what happened in the Holocaust? The Jews were a minority group in Europe, right? In Germany. And that were targeted. That were targeted. Now, Israel is basically the majority ethnic population. They have control of the whole situation. It's basically an apartheid state. We'll explain what that is. Mm -hmm. But they're the ones now committing the, uh, the violence against a marginalized group, you know, it just well, because not, not the Jews specifically, but Israel. Sorry, Israel, uh, the, the ethno state of the Jews. So they kind of represent, um, globally. Well, that's, um, mm, Jewish people, which they is say not necessary. I'm not saying that the Jews are the ones uh, committing these crimes. I'm no. saying that the government of Israel is the one committing the crimes. Right, and the government of Israel likes to say that they act on behalf of all jews around the world which is ridiculous nobody speaks on yeah jews around the world have group. um yeah they've come out and they've been like yeah fuck you uh we don't support israel in this circumstance what they're doing is fucking disgusting and right. fascist yes so something also note is that much like how isis feels towards um non-extremist is uh, muslims uh the extremist zionists who want to have a complete Israeli land and kick out all the Palestinians, uh, they feel that the non-extremist uh, Jews or non-Zionistic Jews are also their enemy. And so you, you're seeing some 
the people who consider themselves leftists, uh, leftist Jews in Israel, them leaving the country because of the situation that's going on there. And one of those factors that's leading to this sort of continuation, uh, worsening of the public opinion towards, um, you know, the ethnic cleansing and removal of Palestinians is that um, military service is uh, mandatory, right, for all Israeli citizens, you know, male or female, doesn't matter. And so the schooling, the education system in Israel basically preps the kids for this at a young age. And so, you know, they teach them things like, and this was something that we learned from Abby Martin's documentary was that they teach them, the kids from early on that basically the Palestinians are like, um, or basically the Holocaust happened because the Jews weren't strong and that the Palestinians are basically modern day Nazis and they have to get rid of them. Um, and so like, imagine how, (laughs) how Canada would be, or the United States would be if, if, Everybody, every single adult had to serve in the military, right? You know, when you join such an authoritarian institution with a, a strict hierarchy, I think it, uh, it'll have an effect on, like, the whole population and how they feel about things. So uh, this is one of the reasons why there's actually a higher racism among younger people in Israel. Mm-hmm. Whereas well, it's the, just a propaganda that they're taught in schools, right? Right. Which is the opposite of the rest of the world usually it's the older population that is more uh, racist and then the younger population is more progressive well you know that's not the not the case in israel so not good that's the current situation basically oh and they reached a, reached a ceasefire right they reached a ceasefire mm-hmm. internally um basically i'll pull that up right now ceasefire so there had been a, been a bunch of attempts by the united nations to have a ceasefire and the United States was the sole, uh, was the sole nation uh, objecting to that on multiple occasions, uh, which is disgusting. Base, okay, here, get this, get this, my dude, okay? Get this. And, and everybody listening, on 19th May, l- let me uh, point out something we didn't mention before, is that Israel is the United States' biggest ally in that region next to Saudi Arabia. And so... Uh, the United States supplies Israel with about uh, $3 billion a year uh, in funding every year. They always give them that much money. And then also, mm-hmm. right after they were doing these strikes, they did a $700 million weapons deal with Israel. So basically, we give them $7 billion or $3 billion, and they use that money. Uh, or sorry, the United States gives them $3 bi- billion, and then they use that money to buy weapons from the United States. <laughs> right? To yep, uh, continue That's how to, it happens. Right. And also during the 2014 Operation Protective Edge, um, Obama's administration resupplied Israel with bunker buster bombs, bombs that were being used against people's homes and whatnot, because they, you know, they needed more munitions to commit more uh, depraved strikes against uh, citizens. Well, President uh, or Prime Minister Netanyahu, who I guess isn't Prime Minister anymore as of like a day ago or whatever. Right. Um, so he, he also came to the U.S. and spoke to Congress without the president's approval. Yeah, without Barack Obama's approval, he just came to the U.S. Congress and was like, yo, I'm going to speak here, which is unbelievable. Yeah. Which is <laughs> fucked up on many levels. A you foreign leader. someone else's, yeah, the, the most powerful leader on the face of the planet. You came in and just cucked him in front of his, uh, his um, 
in front of Congress or whatever, right? Yep. Yep. And that's <laughs> not man. Hucked him. And then said that um, uh, President Obama was the most anti-Semitic president. Which is ridiculous. Which is fucking ridiculous. He gave uh, Netanyahu the most weapons out of any other president. Except for right. maybe Trump. I don't know Trump's numbers. But mm-hmm. as of the time, yeah. Right. So it's absolutely, you know, it's, it's ridiculous. Fucking ridiculous. And so on May 19th, okay, get this, Joe Biden made a phone call to Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu expressing that he wanted uh, a significant de-escalation today on the path to a ceasefire. Obama said that. And then on May 20th, Israel and Hamas agreed to cease to a ceasefire. Let me review on, on 20th May, Israel and Hamas agreed to a ceasefire right after the phone call. From Joe Biden saying, you guys have to, have to uh, basically stop, cease these hostilities, you know? Yeah, relax a little fucking bit. Yeah. So basically, I, I believe the U.S. could have done this at any point earlier. And also, they could have not blocked the U.N. resolutions to have a ceasefire anyway. So basically, you know, the United States is complicit in all these heinous actions used by the Israelis. Especially with their whole, uh, the money they give them and all that stuff. So, And also, immediately after the ceasefire... Uh, Israel goes ahead and raids the Al-Aqsa Mosque, literally on the same day. Mm-hmm. On the same day, that Friday. They don't give a fuck, bro. They said, yeah, we'll cease fire, and then they go raid a fucking mosque. They raid the Al-Aqsa Mosque, which is one of the reasons why this whole situation began, right? Yeah, that's just a big fuck you, right? Right to their face, yeah. So, at this point, with the stuff we've covered so far, this is about, like, only a few things we have left. Okay. Well, let's just finish this up then uh, with the last thing I need to talk about. So basically, uh, we're mentioning how Gaza and the West Bank are two different things. Or actually, no, we should probably just mention this right now. So uh, the Israeli government, no one's really in power at the time because there's some contested issue with the election and nobody had a majority government. Um, The Likud party, which is Benjamin Netanyahu's party, didn't have a majority of the seats. They're a minority. But the other parties hadn't formed a coalition yet and so that's why technically during these strikes um the Likud party was the de facto uh they de facto formed government but then recently mm-hmm. we just got information that the other parties have reached a an agreement to form a diverse coalition to oust him now the thing is is that most of those parties also support the absolute devastation of the people living in Gaza so uh, and continuing the the situation that's going on in the West Bank, so you know, it's not like this is I gonna. Mean, at least they got one fascist out there. If they put in another fascist, nothing's going to change. But President right. Netanyahu is an awful person. Right. So yes, now we're gonna go on and explain what's so the difference between Gaza and the West Bank. So we mentioned these are two different places. So Gaza, like we were saying, is this uh, I think twenty five mile by five mile piece of land. Mm-hmm. Um, that is referred to usually as an open-air prison. Now, the reason why it's referred to that is because the Israelis uh, surrounding Gaza, they don't allow or they extremely restrict all movement in and out of that area, all trade and all supplies that enter Gaza, and uh, also extremely restricts their electricity. They usually only have two to three hours of electricity a day which is um, in the 21st century, that's uh, 
absolutely ridiculous, especially when Israel is basically like a first world nation when it comes to, you know, how much electricity and their, their water filtration and whatnot. And so the Gaza Strip, right, they don't have electricity, right? Their water is horribly polluted. Um, oh, yeah. And during these airstrikes, uh, the Israelis striked the only COVID-19 testing site they had in Gaza. They destroyed it with an airstrike. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So like, fuck, man, I like Israel's just like how depraved of an action is that? And, and Israel also like likes to boast how accurate all their missiles and their, all those strikes are. And yet they go ahead and they do something like this. It's, it's just they know exactly. Like, what fantastic. They're doing. You got you got some nice uh, weapons that you bought from Kentucky. OK, great. right. Looks looks amazing. You know, it works great. You just killed a fucking family. You just killed a bunch of refugees. You just bombed a hospital where people are trying to keep other people alive. People are at their worst moments at, um, dying in a hospital. And you're just like, ah, oh, fuck it. We're just going to bomb the fuck out of you. Take away all your hope. Take away anything that they can from the Palestinians. And I, I don't know. I just find that so fucking deprived and disgusting. Right. And I remember what? Remember with the whole, uh, so Israel, uh, at, when the vaccine was first being introduced and it was already out, Israel was one of the top contenders for, no, not contenders, but one of the top nations for vaccinating the population. Well, guess who wasn't getting vaccinated then? The Palestinians. And apparently, uh, there's an article here as of May 5th, right? So this is a little older, but um, there's a bunch of AstraZeneca doses that they have that they don't need. The Israelis don't need, but the Palestinians are not vaccinated. They're not vaccinating the Palestinian population. Mm -hmm. So, uh, which is ridiculous. So, you know, that's pretty horrible. Um, yeah, it's just disgusting. So, yeah, so basically Gaza is like a land prison, right? Um, and also after, after Israel destroys all these buildings, they also control how much concrete can get into Gaza to rebuild these buildings. And they basically prevent that from happening. So they can destroy all these buildings and then... They prevent the rebuilding of them or the rebuilding of people's homes. And it's absolutely, uh, and it's horrible. And I think in 2015, the United Nations uh, Human Rights Council said that by 2020, uh, Palestine would be uninhabitable. And now it's 2021. And that was before all these airstrikes. So uh, things are dire right now for them. And mm -hmm. I, I'd also just saw a post on Instagram the other day that their only sewage treatment plant, uh, has ceased to function and so they have to pump the raw sewage into the coast the mediterranean there uh which now ruins the only quote-unquote vacation spot they had uh because now you can't go out into the water there mm -hmm. so like they got nothing like everything's nothing. shutting down fucking disgusting so, so it's horrible I, like, so i don't know so that's gaza right they're considered there's basically a three-tier uh, citizenship system, right? A three-class citizenship system. So at the very bottom are people from Gaza, right? They basically have no movement. They can't l leave the country. And uh, they're kept in this constant um, uh, blockade of all resources. And then there's the West Bank. So on the other side, there's a place called the West Bank. And that whole territory was supposed to be Palestinian land, according to uh, the 1948 creation of creation of a nation and uh 
What Israel has done is they've forced all these Palestinians into these tiny islands, right? Their neighborhoods refer to as islands, um, 167 of them to be exact. And they build these walls around them to keep them all, you know, contained within. And um, this is the area where they're building, uh, keep on increasingly building Israeli uh, settlements into these regions, right? Um, mm-hmm surrounding these islands with uh israeli neighborhoods and demolishing the palestinian ones they deem uh that they are not allowed to have or whatnot you know and they also have like uh if you're in the west bank you basically have like a license plate uh you have a green license plate which means that you can't drive on certain roads right whereas israelis i think have a yellow license plate where they can drive wherever the fuck they want so this is very similar to the system they had in the Jim Crow era in the United States, you know, where it's like a, this water fountain is for whites only or this bathroom is whites only. Well, basically, they have a whole infrastructure system of this is uh, Jews it's basically only. Jim Crow or apartheid is what it boils down to. Right. Because um, yeah. you guys know what that was like. You guys have read the history of it. You can, you know. Right. Um, <clears throat> now, from my understanding, apartheid is, is usually the term used to describe um, when you have like a minority population oppressing the majority. Maybe that's not accurate, but basically that's what. Well, it, it really doesn't matter. It just the only thing that matters is uh, the two tier system here. Right. Is there, right. Palestinians are treated like this. Uh, blacks were in South uh, Africa. They're being treated like the blacks were uh, during Jim Crow. They're not quite slaves, but uh, during Jim Crow, they're equal but separate, right? Right. That's not what we, that's not what human nature is. You shouldn't be equal but separate based off your race. That doesn't make sense on a biological or moral or uh, sociological um, level, right? Right. So just this apartheid, this uh, Jim Crow style uh governing is just fucking disgusting in my eyes like i i can't forgive that exactly i right. can't you can't justify that right <clears throat> the horrible treatment of people yeah you, you just anybody just anybody it doesn't matter who they fucking are just anybody you can't justify that right that's ultimately what we're getting down to here right you can't justify the treatment of palestinians no there's and, no way and and that's not just it too like if you're in uh if you live in the west bank and you're an israeli in like a settlement there and you commit a crime or something you go back to israel and you get received by you know a standard court you know where you have you know it's just a typical court like that we have here whereas if you have a if you're palestinian and you commit a crime you go to a military court which has a 97 percent uh, conviction rate and a military tribunal doesn't even allow you basically to like propose your side of the case properly it's just all like an accusation and they make convictions off of that. So, uh, if you get convicted... So they don't have uh, justice there. They don't have, like, a, a good court system. They can get convicted off of anything just based off an accusation. Right. And also, like, I want to It's just all examples of them being in a different system than the Israels. And, like, you go onto Google Maps and you search up Palestine, it doesn't even fucking show up. You have to search up uh, the Gaza Strip, or you have to search up the West Bank. The sovereign country of Palestine is not recognized on Google Maps, right? Right. You can search up Israel. Israel will come up. It shows that whole area as Israel. 
Palestine doesn't exist. It was basically how, um, how the world is treating this, really. And now I'm, I'm so thankful that um, people online and like on Twitter and shit are now talking uh, out against this. Uh, the Voshes of the world who are doing uh, fundraisers, I think Vosh himself did a fundraiser that raised uh, $300,000 and he donated that all that money to um, the Palestinian Child Relief Fund or something like that. And that's great. Whose building was bombed during his uh, during the live stream, right? And things like this. So I'm I'm super happy that people are now focusing on this issue because this is an issue that I I've learned about over the years of getting into politics. Right. Uh, just being like it, it's always been an issue, been an issue since uh, uh since forty eight. And mainly the issue now was started in 67, right? Right. And now, only now, only recently have people been on the Palestinian side. It's a very recent mainstream opinion. And it kind of was just like a flick of the switch, you know, like the ACDC album, Flick of the Switch. Yes. <laughs> 1990s record, I do believe. Yeah. Uh, so it, it just, yeah. All of a sudden, people are like, yo, Palestine's getting fucked up, bro. That ain't cool. And you know what? Acknowledging that is cool. Doing, um, doing what you can to raise awareness. Or if, if you're able to, like if you have the funds, uh, fundraise a little bit or donate a little bit to the good organizations that are doing good work. There are a lot of organizations that are, like you don't want to be given Hamas money because Hamas is also doing bad things. Just relative to Israel, it's like Israel's doing tenfold what Hamas is doing, right? Right. So, yeah. Yeah. That's so it looks like that's, there. I think we basically covered all the shit. Uh, oh, yeah. And so uh, Israeli Arabs basically have uh, a lot more rights than the other ones, but, um, but they're not allowed to vote, I don't believe. Yeah. So it, it, it's ethnostate of Jew. It's a Jewish ethnostate. Right. They don't allow anybody else to vote. Right. So that's, it's pretty fucked up. Oh, it's super fucked up. So I think that's all we have to say really about this. Um, yeah, we um, so this we just recorded the first part because uh, we had some technical issues on the last um, recording. So, yeah, hopefully you enjoy the second part. I don't know. Yeah, you're going to do a seamless transition, or well, I don't know. Actually, there's something I didn't mention that I didn't mention in the last part either. Basically, you know, they're not just racist towards uh, Arabs. There was a whole situation of Beta Israel. Beta Israel were uh, black people who came from uh different region basically black jews who stayed in uh the place the jews were kicked out of so ethiopian jews basically lived uh near the area of the kingdom of axum and the ethiopian empire so they lived in that area right it was an area basically yeah they're living in that area where the jews were kicked out of but they somehow stuck around there and you know they're black um and so i think in the 70s they were 1977 there was this whole question about whether or not they should be allowed to return under the law of return of israel uh but in 1977 they decided that they would be allowed uh however after they were brought there they started to give them these inoculations these shots i think monthly and they were they didn't tell them but these shots were a, a contraceptive, a pregnancy contraceptive. Oh. Without their knowledge, they were giving them shots to make sure that they didn't have kids. So basically, yeah, that's all the 
info we had for this first part. We'll cover the rest in the second part. So I hope you guys enjoyed. So you know how I mentioned before there's a free tier justice system? I mean, uh, sorry, um, three class citizenship. So there's actually, so you know, like your second class citizen, we say that. There's actually three. Okay, so the third one, the lowest rung, is Palestinians in Gaza. Basically aren't even allowed to go anywhere. Like, the embargo on travel and, and uh, resources is so severe that people die because they can't get to hospitals that have the right stuff. Because they don't have the right uh, medical equipment in their hospitals, they can't get it. So they try and cross the border into Israel, and they just aren't allowed entrance, and people die. There's like a child that died a couple years ago because oh of this. God. Yeah, that's brutal. Which is messed up. So you're the bottom of the rung if you live in Gaza. Then you get the West Bank people a little bit above. Um, and they have, like we were saying, the license plate colors, right? If you got, what was it, a yellow license plate? Oh, green. If you have a green ass license plate, they know you're Palestinian. They won't allow you to drive on certain roads. They won't allow you entrance to certain areas. And that's your designation, right? You're treated like garbage. Just mm -hmm. like how blacks in the, um, during uh, the Jim Crow laws in the uh, 20th century, like, you know, the water fountains that said for whites only. That's literally every day for Palestinians. Every single day, you know? It's the exact same fucking shit, right? It's the exact same thing. This urinal is only for whites. Whites only. Whites only bathroom. Same thing. J Jews only. Allowed for this store. And, uh... Like, fuck. It's, it's horrible. Gross horrible treatment we see that to black people and everybody goes oh yeah that's absolutely disgusting i'm glad they they um well they somewhat fix that you know somewhat but you know uh israel has a right to protect itself but israel has a right to protect it that's the thing that you hear all the time from the dirty palestinians those fucking scum right that's what they right i gotta clip that <laughs> if, I, if that I'm part imitating gets clipped, the if that Israeli... part gets clipped we're fucked those listen, dirty Palestinians are scum. And I say, right. And then fucking that gets clipped. <laughs> that is the Israeli government that I'm criticizing there. I am mocking them. It's horrible. That was not my <laughs> opinion. Mm -hmm. But no, it, it's, it's totally shit, right? Everything's shit there. Everything's shit for the Palestinians. And Israel is doing it because of some holy right that they think that they have. That's right. And now the fact that they're, um, they're a Jewish um, ethno state, basically. So, um, we basically talked about a lot of what's happening now and like the atrocities that are happening to the Palestinians, but let's talk about the history for a sec. Sure. So basically, yeah. So basically what happened was after World War II, you want to the talk Jewish people had nowhere to go, <laughs> right? Oh yeah. They, um, and if you know the history behind it, the Jews are, have always been like a nomadic people just going to different places, being enslaved getting fucked over getting pushed and out of one place they, going to another sort of like mennonites and other anabaptists yeah so uh they have a history of that and they just sort of were like yo we want a place to go that's ours and so the un was just like yo fam we got you there's this place called palestine we're just going to give you half the land there well and whoa whoa, 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 whoa. un didn't say that the zionist movement was like we want palestine that's what they said yeah, so the zion the Zionist movement forced, um, forced the, or wanted that area. That's why that area was chosen, because that area has so much uh, holy land on it, and just the general um, area around it is uh, very important to the Jewish people, as well as the Muslim people, 
mm-hmm. uh, or the Islamic people and the uh, Christian people and uh, Catholicism and all that stuff, right? That's right. And um, so this land that was create that was uh, given to them, who, like who owned the land? I think it's kind of important. I can briefly say this. Basically, after World War One, back in uh, 1918, after the Ottoman Empire lost World War One, they gave the territory of Palestine to the British Empire. They gave it straight up to them, and the British yes. Empire had made a statement before publicly that they wanted to create a, a land for Israel in uh, Palestine. They said this in 1917. So this goes all the way back. And uh, there was already Jewish settlers in the area uh, and Arabic settlers, and there was some immigration that the British were allowing in, increased immigration of Jews, and that led to some uh, racial conflict occurring in that region, uh, occurring with two uprisings. Uh, both of them hated the British. Then the UN thing happened. They gave that region to uh, a new state known as Israel, and they had these borders drawn for what's supposed to be uh, Palestinian land, what's supposed to be Jewish land, and then they enacted that plan. And literally the second they did that, there was immediately clashes between um, Palestine, Palestinians, or sorry, just like Arabs and uh, Israelites or Jews. And um, not just good. think about if like the UN came in and gave, um, I don't know, um, Southern uh, super Catholic Christian um, Texans, half of Canada. And uh, would we be okay with that? No, no, probably not. So, um, somebody I don't know posted if we that get uh, into like the, the terrorism so, stuff, but like, yeah, so, it, it would be a possibility for sure. It can't Canadians. But not like that very much. No, like somebody posted like Aztecs, like the region along like California and shit. Aztecs yeah. had that land a thousand two hundred years ago. Therefore, it's time to like. What if they made an Aztec um, land ethno state in that region and kicked everybody out <laughs> out of their homes? That's definitely that's definitely a better example than mine. So <laughs> <laughs> yes, <laughs> and kicked everybody I out apologize. of their homes and shit. Yes. Um, or what, hey, I got an even better one. What if, uh, the Canadian government or the United Nations said, hey, remember all those French people who lived in New Brunswick that you guys forced out in the the Great Expulsion? Um, the British forced out in the Great Expulsion that led to a shitload of people, the, um, Acadians dying. Remember 11,000 got forced out? What was it? Uh, one third of them perished in the ocean. Yeah, we're going to have the French come back and uh, repopulate those areas. And uh, you you won't have any of that land. If you live on that land, you have to leave. Or like you know, what if they did that with the Native American land too? Like you know, a lot of examples. But basically, people not digging that. And then immediately after they made the Israeli state, immediately after the British pulled out, mm-hmm. right after that, all the Arab nations around Israel also disagreed with this this whole situation, and they immediately invaded Israel immediately. And the outcome of that war, the outcome of that war <laughs> was a decisive Israeli victory um, over protecting their territory. Now, during that time, they also enacted some ethnic cleansing, uh, removing Palestinians from neighborhoods and places where they lived, so that way the uh, Jewish settlers could have those areas. And that's why you have a lot of refugees who are still from 
uh, refugees from the 1948 war and their descendants. Um, they're still refugees because uh, they've been moved to Gaza or they were put in Sheikh Jarrah or they were went to one of the other Islamic nations around them and those nations didn't give them citizenship or their descendants because doing so would have acknowledged Israel as a state. So basically, yeah. you're just boned wherever you went and you're just, you die a refugee, which is horrible. A horrible existence has been robbed from you. Your existence has been robbed from you. So you, you have no home. You right. You just have no home. And then so. And nowhere to go. So then fast. No one fucking wants you apparently. Right. And so fast forward to uh, 1967, basically Egypt was putting a whole bunch of troops and stuff by its border. And there was also like lots of attacks going on between like terrorist groups on um, uh, against Israel from like, coming from Jordan and Lebanon. And so mm-hmm. Egypt was putting a shitload of troops by its border and Israel did a preemptive strike, preemptively invaded Egypt. So they were the ones who started this war. And what was it called? The Seven Days War, I think. And they just, they basically destroyed Egypt. Uh, and they took back all the territory, Palestinian, that was supposed to be for Palestinians, uh, mm-hmm. in the 1948 creation of the state, and they occupied it. They occupied that territory, and it's basically been that way since then, until 1990, when the PLO, the Palestinian palestinian liberation they all went to uh, the united nations and they tried to figure stuff out at the oslo accords and they mm-hmm. basically made an agreement to have a two-state uh two-state solution with palestine um uh temporarily they would pull out of gaza israelis would pull out of gaza and then they would uh, allow um, a government to be in uh, gaza and a government to be in the west bank and that would be a temporary solution until they uh, finally were fully independent. Of course, just what happened was Israel said, uh, cool, they agreed to it and then just didn't do it. There you go. United Nations didn't do Dickie McGee's acts. They, they won't push back on them. Whenever the UN makes a statement about how Israel is committing uh, crimes against humanity and whatnot, then Israel throws a hissy fit. And oh my God, you guys are so anti-Semitic. Even though they made you, dude. UN, UN made you. I don't know. The is- Israel's excuse for all their atrocities is uh, they're anti-Semitic. We have to defend ourselves. And you know, and you know, I'm gonna play this uh, Semitism. And you know, it's also backed by the United States. And something that is very frustrating is that they won't even admit that that innocent people are dying. So here I got the Ned Price, the current U.S. State Department spokesman. He was questioned about um, the whole Gaza situation, the Palestinian things, and he's just a slimy little fucking bastard. That pisses me off. His mm-hmm. his response. He won't even say basic shit. So we're just gonna play this clip right now, and uh, um, I'm gonna run the clip, and I think you might be able to hear it in the background, Eric. I'll turn it up. Okay. So here we go. We're speaking of the principle of self defense. Uh, we you certainly. Know, I'm asking if you think that the principle of self defense applies to the retaliatory the, the, the airstrikes that they're conducting in response. Matt, this to is the... a very fluid situation. I would I would hesitate to uh, comment on operations beyond you know the rocket fire that. Uh, is clearly targeting innocent civilians uh, in Israel. So I would hesitate to speak to specific operations um, that have just occurred, but the broader principle of self-defense is something um, we uh, uh, we stand by uh, on behalf of Israel. Yeah, but and do you think country. that an Israeli military response to the rockets coming in, it, it, that an, a military response to the rockets coming in is covered by this broader rubric of self-defense, right? Uh, self, self-defense often does uh, uh, authorize the use of force. This, 
I want to ask you about East Jerusalem, but let's talk about what you said about the principle of self-defense. Does that in any way apply to the Palestinians? Do they have a right to self-defense? Do Palestinians have a right to self-defense? I'm in broadly speaking, Saeed, uh, we believe in the concept of self-defense. We believe it applies uh, to any state. I don't think that I certainly wouldn't want uh, my words to be construed as. I understand. I, I want to ask you, I don't want to harp on this either, but, you know, the Israelis killed 13 people just now, you know, including maybe five or six children. Do you condemn that? Do you condemn the killing of children? <laughs> Said, uh, I'm asking, do you condemn the killing of Palestinian children? Obviously, uh, and these reports are just emerging, uh, mm -hmm. and I understand, I was just speaking to the team, I understand we don't have independent confirmation of facts on the ground yet, so I'm very hesitant uh, to get into reports that are just emerging. Uh, obviously, the deaths of civilians, uh, be they Israeli or Palestinians, are something we would take very seriously. Okay. If it applies to any state, are you saying the Palestinians don't have a right to self-defense? I, I was making a broader point not attached to uh, Israel or the Palestinians in that case. So, if they do have a right to self-defense. Matt, I'm, I'm not, I I, I'm, not, I'm, I'm, I'm not in a position to, to debate the legality. Yeah, fuck you, buddy. That's, you're not, what a scum answer. Can't even say killing kids is bad. Uh, we're trying to de-escalate the situation. The United States literally blocked a United Nations proposal to have an official ceasefire. So, that's not true. Um, that's just a lie. Yeah. Straight up. Like, what a smarmy bastard. Like, that clip just infuriates me. And at least those journalists were pushing back. One of those journalists was from, uh, the Associated Press, and I, I, I don't remember the outlet that the other one was from. But, yeah, that's unbelievable. And, you know, you see this type of behavior, this, this hesitancy to make very simple observations about what's going on. Just even tweeting, like, uh, I hate bringing up celebrities uh, who foray into politics, but uh, Mark Ruffalo, the dude who plays the Hulk in, like, the Avengers and shit, mm -hmm. he made a tweet that was, like, just basically saying, this is terrible, 230 or so uh, Palestinian uh, civilians are dead, including 60 kids, this is horrible, hashtag uh, something Palestine or whatever. And then it, <laughs> the next day or something like that, he put a tweet where it was like, I'm sorry about the comments that I made. Uh, I can see that actually it's a both sides situation or some fucking stupid thing like that. Like, this is a topic that politicians weasel out on. They will not yeah. speak up about. And you know Sean King? You know who Sean King is? Yeah. Yeah, the, you know, the black, uh, the BLM kind of guy. Mm -hmm. He posted just recently because he was saying stuff on his Instagram about how he's pro-Palestine, right? And all the fucked up shit that's, like, the videos and stuff, he's been saying some of that, and now it's terrible. Mm -hmm. And then he just sent a, an Instagram post that said, here it is, about two weeks ago, this is what he said, quote, about two weeks ago, some of the most influential people in the world reached out to me as a warning to let me know that speaking up for Palestinians would cause real trouble in my life. Starting to see some of that with myself and others, but just know this, and he basically says, you know, he's not gonna stop sticking up for Palestinians. But isn't that crazy, man? I don't know. I see so many people just in our own community, too. Like, um, people in the, like, uh, me as uh, being a musician and, uh, or used to be at least uh, a year ago. <laughs> um, some of the guys that I interacted with in the scene and stuff like that post, like, pro-Israel stuff on, on Instagram. And I'm just like, oh, oh, I don't know how to react. How do I, how, what do I do when that, that, uh, happens? 
Well, when you see, like, people get fucking brutalized and killed and murdered? Well, no, like, people that are saying, like, Israel has a right to, um... Oh, yes. Israel has a right to defend themselves and stuff like that. I'm like, I know you. I know you. You're a chill guy. Put them on what blast right doing? now. Put them on fucking blast right now, dude. Do it. I'm not going dox them. No. No, you're not doxing no, them. I'm just saying their name. Just... They're, they're a piece of shit. No, I'm not doing that right now. <laughs> okay. Um, but it's like, how, how do I approach this? Because I kind of feel like the right way to approach this is to not be like, you're a fucking um, whatever. Fuck you, you. You piece of shit. You, you uh, like. You know, uh, I, I feel like there's so much propaganda out there that depending on which uh, K-hole you are in on the internet. <laughs> yeah. Which K-hole. <laughs> um, depending on which K-hole you are in on the internet, um, you're going to get different information. So you might be in a, such a, like, if you're not into politics and not into left wing, like, uh, politics, which is fine, is, is fine as long as you're nominally on the right side on certain issues. Right. You see, like, a whole bunch of shit about Palestinians doing uh, terrorist attacks against Israel. And Israel's just fighting back uh, to protect themselves. And then all of a sudden you see a whole bunch of people supporting um, Palestine. You're just like, but they're a terrorist organization. I mean, here's the thing, though. So, uh, so like, I, I don't know what the right way to go around uh, telling them that, like, hey, man, you're actually wrong on this. Uh, here are the stats. Here is the proper, like... Um, uh, reporting that's been happening on this um on the issue these are the reasons why the left doesn't like israel in this circumstance and the reason why the left supports palestine i think you're just misled i think you've been propagandized and i just wanted to give you the facts and here you are yeah i was just about um, to say there's there's two things they can't deny that no propaganda can deny um those two facts are a you can tell them okay listen buddy 226 Palestinians are dead, 67 of them are kids, and what was it, there's like over 3,000 or so people were injured because of these strikes. Um, yeah. So that's irrefutable. And how many people died on the Israelis? 10 people died, and one person was a child. That's terrible. That is terrible. Um, but, you know, you can say objectively, okay, yes, that is bad, the, the 10 people died and the one child. That is horrible. But objectively worse is 226 dead. That's objectively worse. And um, something also, you, if they say, okay, well, Hamas fired first, you can say, well, this didn't just occur in a vacuum, okay? There's been, uh, they've been raiding the Al-Aqsa Mosque. There's been, uh, they're kicking people out of Jerusalem. And not to mention the entire history of Israel, how it was ethnically cleansed of the palestinian population and they're shoved into gaza and also the horrible inhumane conditions gazans live in which is hoisted onto them by the israeli authority yeah so those so, things you can't deny you can't deny those you, things you can't deny that and i don't think any self-respecting person uh would deny that and would say hey israel is actually still in the right i don't care about the palestinians because then they're just admitting that there's fascist sympathizers. And that's no better than being a Nazi, in my opinion. Right. So, uh, And also, uh, like, some, the idea... And I don't think these people... Sorry, I, I don't think these people are that bad. I think they're just being misled. Um, so I think you should uh, come at it in a little... In a nicer tone. And, like, I understand... Not come, like, not come at them swinging, 
because that's not going to change anything. Right, right. Come at them with a loving, respectful, well, maybe not loving, but a respectful um, position. Let them and relax like, hey. their mental defenses. Let them relax the mental yeah, defenses. Yeah, exactly. Say, hey, I think you're kind of misled here. I just want to let you know that there are some uh, sources that I think you should watch before you make another statement. Right. And um, right. these are the type of sources that I have seen, and this is what convinced me that Israel is the bad guy in this situation. I hope that you uh, look into it a little bit and um, decide for yourself. Because right. I don't think these people are necessarily Nazis or uh, fascist sympathizers or stuff like that. I just think that they're being misled because of yeah. that K-hole of the internet that they might be in. Yes, and now I think we should probably talk about... Oh, wait, hold on. Maybe... Okay, so... Uh, should, we, should we mention Andrew Yang being a fucking scum? Yeah, it doesn't really matter that much. Yeah, we Andrew can mention Yang it, yeah. is, We still gotta talk about... Uh, to... Because what I want to okay, do so, right now is I think we should talk yep. about now the current developments of the new ceasefire and the general strike, and then the other things I want to get to are um uh, uh what else the two-state solution is fake um what is the future like what we think is actually going to happen to it, like the palestinian population and israel so we, we should do that last we should do yes. that part last yeah. for sure um so i think yeah so we should talk about the new developments that have occurred yep all right so the new developments that have occurred is there was a ceasefire that was signed two or three days ago um between Israel and that Hamas. That was immediately uh, broken. Well, yes. By Israel. So Israel basically said, we're going to stop firing rockets. Uh, and there's going to be a quote-unquote ceasefire. Now, it's not official internationally. Because the United States is still blocking that in the United Nations. But, like, this is the fifth time they've blocked it, too. The United States. Mm -hmm. But, they did agree to a partial ceasefire, it appears. Um, and immediately after they agreed to that, Israel police uh raided the al-aqsa mosque again and um especially after all the prayers people were all in front of the al-aqsa mosque like, praying and they just went in and they just just cleared everybody out again attacking the mosque again the very thing that led to the one of the things that that led the to the protests. beginning of the conflict to the beginning of the conflict yeah. you know um they keep instigating over so that is basically a breaking of the ceasefire that they agreed to. Yeah, so they're, they're, they just fucking lied. They don't give a fuck. They don't even give a fuck about their international uh, image anymore, right? They're doing all this stuff knowing that people on uh, social media are very against them, knowing that celebrities are starting um, to turn uh, the page a little bit. And the popular uh, opinion now is that you should be pro-Palestine because of all the atrocities that are happening. Uh, to the Palestinian people, right? Which is right. They know that. They don't give a fuck. They used to give a fuck about the opinion of Jewish people around the world, especially in New York. And now, they just don't give a fuck because the uh, Jewish people in New York are like, hey, maybe occupying people like uh, the way Nazi Germany did is a bad thing. Right. Because it happened to us right. and we didn't like it that much. Right. Right? Um, yes. And so... And the thing with Andrew Yang is Andrew Yang tried to, is trying to get uh, the Jewish vote in New York because he once said that circumcision is genital mutilation and shouldn't be allowed. Right. So there's a politician called Andrew, Andrew Yang. People know about him because of the uh, primary, the Democratic primary that happened. And yeah. um, he basically set, is running for mayor of New York. And there's a big Jewish population in New York. And so he had said that... that um, 
circumcision is genital mutilation in the past, which it is. Uh, that's an accurate statement. And that pissed off right on that. That that pissed off the Orthodox community of Jews, uh, the Jewish Orthodox community, sorry, in New York. And so he's basically coming out against uh, uh, he's super supportive of what Israel is doing. His tweet said, quote, I'm standing with the people of Israel who are coming under bombardment attacks and condemn the Hamas terrorists. The people of New York City will always stand with our brothers and sisters in Israel who face down terrorism and persevere. Uh, that end quote. That's what he said. Uh, in his tweet, uh, while children are just getting slaughtered, blown to pieces, families are being murdered, like journalists' families are being, houses were targeted. Abby Martin talked about this. There was a journalist who was, who was in uh, Israel and he, his family was living in this, in this house and they targeted mm-hmm. the house w- with a missile and blew and killed his whole fucking family. It's just fucking brutal. They killed man. his whole fucking family, dude. Just fucking brutal. Israel just doesn't give a fuck. You just don't give a fuck, and that's the problem. Like, if they were maybe uh, fighting a military of relatively equal um, strength, um, then that's just a war, you know? Well, you still can't target civilians. You can't target journalists. Yeah, but once you start targeting journalists and stuff like that, you're not targeting soldiers or military um, equipments and stuff like that. That turns into terrorism, right? Well, yeah, when you're... I do yeah, not like terrorism. Terrorism is bad. I think most people would agree terrorism is bad. This is terrorism. They're doing it a lot, and they seem like they don't give a fuck about human life um, in general, and they're just fucking killing a bunch of Palestinians. And you know what? Because... And it's, and it's ultimately coming from a place that, um, where they think that Palestinian people don't deserve the life that they're given. Right. They don't deserve to be alive. They should be ethnically cleansed from Israel. And here's the thing, though, like um, something I should point out is that actually, if you count all the, the Palestinian population that is in Gaza, if you count all the ones in the West Bank and you also ca- count all the Arab uh, Arabic Israelis, there's actually um, five million, uh, the population of five million. And there's also five million Jews. So there's literally half and half the population of uh, ethnically of those two groups. And then I also want to say is that uh, something, this is a big part, uh, I'm going to mark this section as well. Um, We're going to talk about right now, Palestinian solidarity and like understanding and what's happened, what's occurred. So basically, Palestine, because they've been separated, right? The Arabic Jews have more privileges, um, sorry, the Arabic Israelites have more privileges than the West Bank ones, and the West Bank technically have more privileges than the Gaza Strip. And because of, like, you know, the horrible conditions that those people live in, they've kind of been separated from each other. You know, those two, mm-hmm. those groups of, of Palestinians, um, their struggles and the whole divide and conquer tactic being utilized here by the Israelis. So something that happened over the whole Sheikh Jarrah neighborhood, which is very important, is that you saw solidarity among all of the Palestinian community. And... um for example, in those protests over the Sheikh Jarrah neighborhood evictions, um, the Hamas government, you know, came out. The dude who is the leader of the military wing of Hamas, uh, they chanted his name at these uh, protests. And the reason why they do that is because um, this dude has only been seen like in public. Like there's zero pictures of him. He's only been seen like four times and he's spoken publicly, I think, three times. He made like an audio recording uh, uh, that was broadcasted about how he supports Sheikh Jarrah. And of course, 
including also, he also made another one about the whole um, ultimatum that he gave to the Israelis. But uh, that was a massive step of Hamas basically backing up the Palestinians because the Fatah government, like we were saying, is just an arm of the Israelis. They don't do anything for the Palestinians. And so Palestinians felt like that's why they support Hamas so much. Because also, mm-hmm. you know, Hamas's diplomatic front is very inept. Uh, so their military leadership is the only thing they really have. And people were rallying around that. There was a lot of uh, support, especially in the West Bank, too. People were coming out and su- supporting that. Um, and now it's grown. It's grown further because after these airstrikes, uh, what happened was all the Palestinians, all of them, got together, like they organized, they went on a massive general strike. We're including Arabic Israelites and West Bank Palestinians and, uh, well, I mean, Gaza Strip, like they work there, so it's not, you know. But those areas, they all went on a massive strike. And that's been extremely successful in terms of... Yeah, I think the uh, stats were like, there's like 16,000... Construction workers, 16,000 construction workers and 150 went to work. Right. On that one. This is a general strike, by the way. So that's just one example of the construction industry and how dependent uh, Israelis are on Palestinian labor. Um, And that is they're organizing. They're doing a general goddamn strike to hurt them economically. Fucking awesome. Black cat gang, you know? Yeah, that's straight up. That's some straight up union like action. Listen, so, bla- the black cat is the symbol for, like, general strikes. Uh, for wildcat strikes. Yeah, wildcat strikes. Uh, oh, and bla- well, the black similar. cat is a symbol of unions, and then wildcat is the term used for, like, strikes that are done without unions. Uh, mm. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Um, it's associated with general strikes, is all that matters. Right, so this is something that could actually help the Palestinians in, in having something to, to force Israel to stop treating them like scum. Now, something I want to get into that the outside world, people who aren't in Israel, can do to help stop what's going on there, there's a few things that we can mention. Um, one, obviously the United Nations need to stop being a bunch of pussies and actually do something to stop the horribly inhumane conditions that the Palestinians live in in Gaza and also the encroachment and second-class citizenship uh, going on in the West Bank and also in mainland Israel. Um, all these things need to be addressed Stopped. by the United Nations. The United Nations need to like threaten Israel. Like You have to stop doing this. Uh, so that needs to happen. How, and then, how, how do you go about doing that, though? Well, I mean, the United States is basically the, the cock blocker, the... Uh, that's going no, on. No, I, I, I know, but I'm, I'm trying to segue into the... Um, well, then I was going to say, the, that's one of them. The BDS is, the, is, the, is uh, another thing. Is that where you're trying to segue Yeah, into? I was going to segue into the BDS. So BDS is actually separate because, from the UN because uh, the UN is not gonna, doesn't care about Israel's economic well, situation. Well, the U- UN has no power, right? So what are they going to do? All they are is like all the global leaders come together and make statements. I think they should have things. power, though. I think the United Nations should have more power and uh, should And the United Nations power. is basically another arm of the U.S. government. 
because the U.S. gets to do stupid shit by being on the Security Council. But anyways, um, so that's one of the ways is the U.N. being more active. The second way is affecting Israel's economic situation, something that worked in South Africa and ending their apartheid regime was was doing something called boycotting, divesting and sanctioning them economically. So boycotting, not buying any products made in that country. In South Africa was the case, uh, and Israel mm-hmm. in this one, you know, not buying anything that's made in Israel, uh, divesting from all Israeli like banks and like invest like project, you know, stocks that are shit so like that. Not investing in Israel, Israeli uh, ventures, yeah, v- business ventures or whatever. Or if you do have money in that, divesting from it, and then sanctioning economically, sanctioning, uh, preventing trade of certain items to Israel. Um, or all like a lot of items, you know, to hurt them economically, to make them stop treating people horribly. This worked in South Africa, right? And I mm-hmm. think uh, so. If history tells, I mean, this is the only thing that we can really. Do. What the fuck are you doing? Sorry, uh, I was some just fell. So, anyways, what, what I was saying. So yeah, history is told that it'll work, and we should do that. BDS, however, has been under attack. Basically, people call BDS being uh, anti-Semitic, which anything that that is critical of Israel, you're called anti-Semitic over, even though. Yeah, because it's an ethno state of Jews. So if you're against the ethno state of Jews, of course, you're anti-Semitic, right? Right. That's what that's the stupid argument that they give. It doesn't make any sense. Like, yeah, it doesn't make any sense. Um, I say a lot of clippable things like that, like pretending to be part of that, the group that we're criticizing. Right. That's like, that's like one of my things and they're all clippable and yeah, that's not good. <laughs> I, that's a, yeah. <laughs> I but, should refrain from doing that. But yeah, so, you know, like needless, it doesn't matter. Like, yeah, you shouldn't be against Israel because you're a horrible anti-Semite. You should be against Israel because of the actions they're undertaking, right? Yeah. So Jews are not Jews. Fuck. Sorry. Nazis are also sometimes, um, some of them are pro-Israel. First of all, which is weird because they want to model. Yeah, they want to basically model a society. Um, they want an like ethno state Israel like has. Israel. Yeah, they, they want, want ethno the state. ethno state. That's something like Richard Spencer would say. However, there's other Nazis that are like, nah, fuck all Jews. We hate the Jews. Uh, we don't agree with Israel because Israel's Jewish. Right. Which is also bad. Both those positions are terrible because they're racist yeah. and they won't work and they're just bad. Right. Um, the proper way to be against Israel is being like, hey, stop doing illegal shit. Mm-hmm. Stop doing shit that under international law is illegal. Stuff that the Jiva conventions would not like and stuff like that, you know? Right. Uh, and so now I kind of want to wrap things up. We've been going on for quite, it's almost uh, two hours now on the podcast. Yeah. So, um, the final thing we got to say is, what do you think the outcome of Israel is going to be? Well, this is very hard because basically Israel was created on the you know, on top of Palestine. Well, there's like, two- we talk about a two-state uh, solution, right? Two-state solution is basically going back to uh, the original uh, land plan for uh, Israel and Palestine. Right. Pre-1967 borders. That's the whole thing that, that people push for. Um, now, I don't- My thing is- I don't believe that's uh, I'm possible. I'm sorry. I, I'm just going. I'm just going rant here. Go ahead. So my thing is, um, I don't believe that going back to that is a good idea because I don't believe it was a good idea in the first place. 
I don't think you can um, just push a group of people off their homes where they've lived there for thousands of years, like the Palestinians did, just because 2,000 years ago, it used to belong to another ethno, uh, ethnic group, right? That doesn't seem like a good idea to me. Um, and going back to that, I don't think that it would change anything. Ultimately, in another 40 years, if we went back to there and it was peaceful, it, we would be back in the same situation. Either Israel would be back uh, um, doing uh, illegal shit and like terroristic shit, and oppressing um, Palestinians, or it would be the other way around because the Palestinians are angry. The current Palestinians are very angry uh, at the Israel government. I think Palestinians are better, but I, um, right now, they haven't been throughout history, but right now, they are much better and much more ethical than uh, Israel. Yes, because, you know, that's very yes. true. Um, and but I, I don't out, see I don't see how a two how a two state solution would work. It's just not I think possible. Has, yeah, it's kind of like saying we should uh, in Canada we should uh, give back um, a bunch of the a bunch of the um, Aboriginal land to them. That's, that's like if we like, said every single every single uh, resident. What the fuck is it called again? Um, What's it called? The indigenous where we put all of them, we shove them into these places called reserves. reserves. Oh yeah, it's like if we said, okay, every reserve, you guys are now a part of the indigenous nation. Okay, have fun. It's like what? They're not connected at all. They're not connected. Yeah. And like the West Bank is 165 different islands. You would have to travel through Israel territory in order to get to other places. Plus, Gaza is not even connected whatsoever. You can't have it's a similar, but solution. What, but but now uh, let's go back to like the um. Before all of Canada was um, a country, right? Let's go back to uh, the colonial uh, territories that we had. Let's do that and try to function. It's a b- bad idea. It's a bad idea. That won't right. work, right? It's, I think that's pretty fucking similar to the state that uh, Israel and Palestine are in. Israel has basically destroyed Palestine. Yeah. It barely exists anymore. So like, so what do you do? I, I don't see a two-state solution working because no, once doesn't. there is, they still fucking hate each other. Right. The people are still propagandized to hate, well, the Israelis are propagandized to hate the Palestinians, and the Palestinians are angry that they're being oppressed so much, which right. is understandable, but still, they're super angry. All right, and I want to say is that uh, the two-state solution has almost been used to, like, buy time by the Israeli government. They're using that to, like, mm-hmm. buy time to keep building more and more and more settlements, uh, which is yeah. I th- what I think is happening. So two-state solution, I don't think it's possible. The only thing other than that is having a one-state solution, like South Africa, uh, where you have yeah. one nation. That's, gonna, that's still going to be extremely messy. Extremely messy, but, I mean, ultimately, that's what's happening. You have to end Gaza's blockade, and is Gaza ever going to, you know, like, it's still going to be, like, majority, like, islamic but like the west bank you have to get rid of this whole like third and fourth second and third class citizen thing get rid of that they have to be able to vote in elections you know the same thing how we got rid of a jim crow laws the whole you're not allowed to drink uh whites only on this water fountain you have yeah, to you got, them, you got basically have a civil rights movement this similarly uh that's the only solution there's still gonna be ma- like probably sectarian violence go- going on like um but that's the only Sorry. fucking yeah, way ahead. that's the only way for this to happen uh if, and if you look at south africa south africa had a tumultuous it's still tumultuous but 
it's a better alternative than the horrible conditions were before. So yeah, one state solution is the only possible way for it to go down. That's it. And it doesn't it doesn't really matter. I think what you would have to do is you have to dismantle the Israeli government as it stands right now and basically prop up another one. So um, that sounds super scary. It sounds super like hawkish. Yeah. But like if the UN wanted to like do something about it, they they would have to go in uh, with the agreement to be like, hey, we have to end the um, the second class citizenship. So everybody has to be on the same same level. There has to be a massive re-education campaign to um, get rid of the propagandized um, mindset that a lot of the Israelis have, and be like, hey. You know what we did fuck up here it was it was terrible what we did we are looking to fix it and then what they have to do is they have to have a government where both israelis and um uh, palestinians are able to vote together uh, for one government yeah so uh instead of having a one-state solution where either palestine exists and fuck israel or israel exists and fuck palestine you have to kind of combine them together You'll just call it Israel-Palestine. There you go. Israel-Palestine. Yeah. Done. Like Bosnia and Herzegovina. Call it Bo Israel and Palestine. Done. That's what you would call the name. Newfoundland and Labrador. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, that's a good one. But uh, what was it? Turks and Caicos. There you go. Yeah, so you have to like combine them into one government in instead of having separate govern governing systems on the right. same land. Yeah, yeah. Right? Um, and that's kind of like what we have with the um, Aboriginal uh, Not really, uh, though. Here. They don't of, have much. They don't of. have that much authority over their land. It's like the they Gaza. Don't. Yeah, it's like the Gaza Strip. It's they like, have listen, a separate citizenship, right? Oh, uh, okay. But, okay. I, stuff like that. But now I, I want to really get to the actual end. The actual, actual end. The, my, what I was asking, though, what do you think is actually going to happen in the future? Because my opinion of what's probably going to happen is that the united states is still going to be a bunch of pussies there's not going to i don't unless if the palestinians actually succeed in their general strike uh and forcing israel to its knees um i don't i mean i think this will just continue ad infinitum you know what? until I, every I, single I, palestinian has been removed and ethnically cleansed from israel um I think this will just continue i think this will continue and to the point where palestine will no longer exist as a country and israel and either they will be refugees or they'll be dead yeah um That's i have a, no yeah. faith in u.s government changing anything because the u.s government doesn't change anything and they like uh israel as a also, military base let's not let off uh, canada off the hook either in our house oh yeah NDP, trudeau is the exact fucking same the He's ndp very pro we gotta say this the right. ndp proposed a motion in the house that that the motion stated two things. A, let's push for a ceasefire in uh, Israel, that we support a ceasefire and we want that to happen. And B, we got to let the refugees who, Palestinian refugees from like, you know, 1948 and like return back to Israel. Those are the only two things that was voted no unanimously by the liberals and the conservatives. They all voted no. Fuck you so the, and your ceasefire. They, that's that's yeah. how they support them. I want to see if Trudeau, I'm going to type this in as Trudeau made a statement about uh, Palestine. Let's see, yeah, if he no, did. He Let's did. see what he did. I, I, like, I like how even the block is like, yeah, what Israel's doing is fucked. Even the block, bro. That's part of the thing. Like the block, uh, the block, you don't know what they're voting for. They're a fucking wild card. As long as it's good for a Quebec, they're fine with it. Okay, here we go. Um, 
This is what uh, Trudeau said. This is on May 16th, the article. Okay, Trudeau said, quote, Our hearts go out to Israelis, Palestinians, for the violence that is surrounding them right now. We've all seen the tragic images, families, innocents, kids affected. It needs to stop. That's why Canada is calling for a ceasefire. And um, we will work with the international community to de-escalate the situation and move forward so there is no more loss of civilian life. Now, why did you vote Listen. no on the... That's what Trudeau said. That's yeah. verbatim. Now, why did they vote no in the House against that motion? I don't know if he's going to come out and because say this. Because it criticized Israel directly. That was a very vague, oh, both sides are like doing bad things. Yeah, and, like, yeah, that's true. That's you. actually so true. We're going to help with the solution. You know, that's true. I didn't I didn't pick that up when I was just reading that. It is a two sides bullshit thing. Yeah, no, it is. If Trudeau is just making a statement and trying to not offend anybody is what he's trying to do. Because he ultimately doesn't give a fuck and he doesn't care about Palestinians. Because if he actually cared about like international law and if he actually cared about protecting oh innocent God, lives, Derek. he would call out Israel and he didn't. He just said, oh, both sides are bad and uh, basically uh, avoided the whole situation altogether. It's the same thing that the US is doing. It's the same thing that other, um, like, other countries are doing. And I, I find it super fucking disgusting. And get, bro, 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 the cons here we go. You want to hear the conservatives fucking response? No. Yes. No, I don't. The conservative foreign affairs critic, Michael Chong's office. This is Michael Chong. He said, quote, Canada's conservatives have been clear that Israel is one of Canada's closest allies and we support Israel's right to defend itself. <laughs> yeah. But as I said, dialogue and peaceful negotiation are the only path forward towards a settlement between Israelis and Palestinians and an eventual two-state solution. We urge calm and sincerely hope that hostilities cease. Literally, since fucking Israel's the right to offend itself, two-state solution. Both two-state solution can't happen. And do, don't Palestinians have a right to defend themselves? Well, like, what the fuck? This, they literally did all of the shit we just cr criticized. Okay, so the so whenever you hear someone say um, Israel deserves to defend themselves, ask them what the Palestinians can do to defend themselves. Yeah. In this situation, what can Palestine, Palestinians do that's to ethically defend themselves against the violence that they are under? Right. And to defend themselves against the oppression. What is ethical? What's the right way to go about it? Is it a general strike? Is it to throw rocks? Is it to bomb them? I, my personal opinion is a general strike and uh, a BDS, boycotts, uh, divestments, and sanctions. Because that, in that way, no one dies. You're not hurting anybody except for businesses and capitalists. Um, and ultimately, it gives uh, much more financial, or, yeah, financial pressure uh, on the government that's doing the oppressions, right? Right. That makes sense to me. And like, um, also, also, I want to add to that. Um, if the United Nations actually had states like put sanctions on Israel as a punishment for what they're doing, like the United Nations, like let's say, sorry, no, the European Union said we're not trade, we're blocking, we're not even going to trade with Israel at all, whatsoever. Yeah, yeah, that would be huge. Now, here's the problem: European Union leader state, if you can call it that, is Germany. Doesn't look good. When Germany is no. not, <laughs> no, Germany's but, very iffy on that. Even okay, they have a they have a conservative chancellor right now, right? Uh, a Christian Democrat. Christian Democrat. The centrist party, um, basically. 
okay, well, you you can, yeah. But I mean, that's weird. um. So that's not great. Uh, first of all, second of all, their history with um Jews is also not great. Yeah, we can we we can admit that. Yes, maybe they shouldn't be the ones making the statement. Right, right, um, right. But maybe if like if the rest of them like uh Switzerland, Norway, you know, um. France individually said we're not going to trade. Yeah, yeah, that'd be great. And then they, and uh, then collectively, then all uh, Germany has to do is hop on the bandwagon. Right, right, that's true. Also, they don't have to be like the f- leaders of the movement. Okay, so I mean, that's all the information Jew- we really got. Jews are chill. Israelites, uh, the Israeli government, sorry, is a bad. Yes, ultimately, criticizing the Israeli government is not anti-Semitic. It is totally fine. Um, criticizing Israel for being Jewish and uh, on the fact that they are Jews is not okay. That is anti-Semitic, right? <laughs> Us being anti-Israel in this situation and pro-Palestine is not anti-Semitism. Yep. It's anti-fascism. Hope that our Palestinian brothers and sisters succeed in getting equality uh, for them. And... Um, I mean, I hope you guys enjoyed this long ass podcast we just did. Yeah. Uh, hope you leave. Well, it's our first special. Um, I hope you guys enjoyed like us focusing on one issue. Yes. And going in depth on the one issue, and hopefully you guys learned something that you didn't know before. I think this is better than just one. Um, one and done. Post on post on Instagram that you read through, with like ten slides. <laughs> right. Right. I hope you guys enjoyed. That was the Canadian's perspective. Signing off. Bye-bye.